0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is a riff off of our previous podcasts on forgiveness, namely, letting things go. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this topic actually comes from me and my family. Mm-hmm. As we were having supper one evening, my daughter was telling us a story and she was very frustrated at something that had happened in her day, an interaction with another student. And my husband just kind of sat there and went, what would it cost for you to just kind of let this go? Mm -hmm. Because you're holding on to it. And I don't know what purpose it's serving for you to hold on to it if the feelings are strong and therefore interesting. But what would it be if you just decided it was such a small thing what was said does not really matter in the day-to-day things and it's probably going to be forgotten by most parties in Mm. the next day anyway what would it be to let it go hmm so I ask you what is the cost of holding on to stuff versus just letting it go that's a big question
0: it is it's, it's such a bigger question than we give it credit for Right. I know that we've done podcasts on forgiveness before because Yes, we have. We'll bring up Desmond Tutu every time in the book of forgiveness and conversation around forgiveness. There is much that is said and I talk about this oftentimes when we talk about this within our context, because we're talking in a Christian context yep. about forgiveness. And this gets abused. This idea of why don't you just let it go yeah. gets abused really, really easily within North American Christianity and we also know deeply that at the end of the day the reason why forgiveness is such a big part of our faith is because it is so important to let things go frederick beekner in his many beautiful writings one of them his little reflection on anger i'm sure i've talked about this before we probably have new podcast listeners so i'll refresh those who've been with us Please this whole do. time and uh, offer a word but Buechner writes about this amazing feast and like smacking your lips and eating the delicious remains of this thing that you've been so angry at and you tear it apart and you just enjoy every bit of it. And then at the end of the feast, you recognize that the body on the table is your own.
1: Mm. That
0: anger just eats us up from the inside out. And it causes toxicity and it causes harm to our system and all of those things. And so we know in theory that anger and resentment and all of those pieces harm us spiritually long term. There is also a place for those things in our faith. There is a place for anger. There is a place for resentment. There is a place for righteous anger and calling out and calling in and fighting and all of those pieces. Well, it can
1: be an agent of change.
0: Exactly. And a force
1: for good, depending exactly, on how it's used.
0: And when carefully, spiritually, powerfully done, forgiveness can be world-changing. It may be one of the most powerful forces that we have in our arsenal and capacities to do things. It is deeply sacred and powerful. To learn how to let things go, to release things instead of holding onto them so tightly, is a powerful skill and an incredible spiritual discipline. And I'll commend it to people. And the cost of those things, the cost of learning how to release the hurt and release the pain, depends upon what you're releasing. Sure. I mean, it could be the cost of your dignity. Release something,
1: it can be, but I think the spirit of this question came in terms of the little things. Mm -hmm. Why would you let the little things pile up when they individually shouldn't? Yeah,
0: Yeah. and that kind of
1: piece, I think that's
0: where it's so hard to have the conversations because we don't just apply this to the little things. No, we apply this, right? We make a big deal out of this, and people take advantage of people by saying, well, you just need to forgive it. The good Christian thing to do would be to let this go on things that aren't the little things. And Mm -hmm. so it becomes more and more difficult, especially, I think, for girls. Yeah, I would presume it to be difficult for many people to not know what is a little thing and what isn't a little thing anymore.
1: It's a hard distinction to make. And I would love for it to be something where if you can recognize Mm -hmm. the little things, Mm -hmm. oh, what somebody said to me today, I don't think they really meant it in that capacity. I should just let it go and move on and start the day with a clean slate. If you can recognize it, and it is true, it is a powerful way to sort of build that up. And I'll say, think about comments on the internet. Oh, there is a fascinating one. Yes. Right. And
0: sometimes... Sometimes it gets mean and cruel and you can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. So I want to say
1: that. but And you shouldn't because it could be life-threatening.
0: Right. There's always a caveat, right? But for example, on my YouTube channel, I have a recital that I did more than 10 years ago now. And there's one song that gets listened to a lot okay. on there. And so there have been times where there's a couple of comments and there was one comment many years ago, I still remember it. Mm-hmm. I have to think about it to remember it. But I still remember it about why would anyone let her wear that dress? She's too fat for it. Oh, man. Uh, right? And it had nothing to do with the song. No. Nothing no to No vocal do with, abilities. Nothing no. to do with anything, right? It was just pure fat shaming. And I deleted the comment because it's my YouTube channel and I get to do that. Sure. I owe no one the space on my YouTube channel to leave that kind of comment. I am not that public of a figure that that's going to stay. But that kind of a comment, you can let it fester Mm -hmm. or learn how to let that kind of a thing go. At the end of the day, that individual human being has no impact on my life, no right to say anything about my body And my life, I put the music out there just because people wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of a comment, learning how to let that kind of a situation go. Yes. Right. That's the kind of thing we're talking here in some ways. That is a skill. It is. It's a total skill. And it comes with years of practicing. And I think that the cost of letting it go is learning how to discern someone who matters in your life and someone who doesn't.
1: Oh, that's an excellent place to start.
0: Right? I think that's really hard when you're a teenager. I think it's really hard to start to learn how to say not everybody in the world has equal footing and equal standing on my life. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you're so busy trying to learn how to Make the world a better place for everybody and be a kind person to everyone that you meet and lift everybody up. And you're so busy in those years trying to learn how to do all of that. Oh, yeah. In addition to learning makeup. Right? In addition to learning how to do your makeup and learning how, right? Mm -hmm. Like all those pieces. Mm And all of a sudden you have this moment where you're having to learn, oh, but this person, while they are important, their humanity matters, their rights matter, they deserve affirmation, but they don't deserve to say my worthiness. And me not valuing their thought of my worthiness does not make them less worthy, inherently, either.
1: No, that's not the point.
0: Right? That self differentiation in those years is so hard and confusing and difficult to understand and takes so much practice. Uh huh. And so I think as adults, as people who've had more practice, I don't know that adults ever really ever feel like adults. No. Right. But we've had more practice at things. We've had more practice understanding what big emotions feel like. We've had more practice feeling like we were going to cry, but learning how to choose the right moment for those tears to come out. We've had more practice in feeling anger and channeling it in different ways. We've had more practice in hearing mean and cruel things said to us and choosing whether or not to allow that to have an impact on our self-understanding
1: well in scale right right? the other part of this is my husband's understanding of well even trying to teach the child something and coming across this situation over and over again and not letting the resentment of how long it takes the lesson to be learned yeah to let that go. It's something a completely different scale on a completely different level, Mm -hmm. but it's exactly the same point. And reminding ourselves that it takes practice to do these things. Totally.
0: And if this is the first time that you're raising a child, (laughs) it's a new part of practice, right? It's a new skill to learn. And just because we're older and we're well-practiced in some things doesn't mean we're going to be able to do it right away no i mean take it to baking right because i know you are a consummate baker. <laughs> you can bake a chocolate cake this way to sideways seven
1: days a week and well, not even think about it if it's the same chocolate cake recipe i've been using for years
0: exactly then but, yeah but then if i were to say i would love if you could please bring in a like, souffle a souffle, or I was even going to go something way out of your wheelhouse and say, could you please bring in a roast of lamb, right? Like (laughs) something meat because you're vegetarian, right? So completely out of your wheelhouse, you would be able to do a good enough job of it because you're a good cook in general. You would be able to pull out a dish, but you wouldn't necessarily have the kind of finesse that you do in other things. And so that's the piece to remind ourselves that Forgiveness is one of those things, or letting things go, or discerning who we listen to and who we don't. I think that that is more the question underneath the question. Like, how do you discern who you actually give permission to make comment about your self-worth? And how do you release those who don't have that permission? It takes a lot of practice. Brene Brown actually speaks to this really well. I think she's done it in several videos, and I know it's in one of her books the one that I read during my doctorate work. Okay. But she talks about how, like, giving permission, like, who do you allow to make commentary on your life and who you are? And she talks about making, like, a literal two-inch box on a piece of paper and then writing down the people who have the right to make comment to you. And to put that in your wallet or your purse or whatever to carry it with you so that when anybody else, I mean, think about Brené Brown, how much feedback she's going to get. Right? Oh, yes. Whenever people want to really make comment or really start to say things, you can say, okay, are they on my two inches? No. Then they don't get to comment on my value. And who you can fit in a two-inch piece of paper, even if you have tiny writing. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be like maybe your life partner, yep. your best friend. Maybe two or three other people that you deeply admire, a mentor, right? It's not going to be a ton of people. And she talks about this in her conversation around boundaries and how to have boundaries and how to do that work. And again, these are things we practice. Sure. These are things we absolutely practice. Letting things go, hurts, harsh words, things that are damaging, we can do those things with practice. Moving it. And applying it to bigger and bigger and bigger things, right? It's one thing to say, I need to let go of the guy who called me fat on YouTube. Yeah. And it's another thing to say, I should let go of the woman on Yelp who said I should be burned at the stake for not giving her money.
1: Yep.
0: Right? There's a different level. There is. And then take it farther, how do you move to letting go of someone who's caused actual physical damage to you or to your family, right? Those are all different levels
1: Well, and it's going to be individual and personal, right? Absolutely. And you cannot prescribe it for other people. No, because you have to sit and take very careful stock of how much is it hurting you to hold on to it. Right. Versus how much it will heal you to let go, potentially. And make sure there's reconciliation.
0: When we start talking about the more egregious kind of situations, when we start talking about actual damage or actual violence or actual things that can be damaging, then there needs to be reconciliation. There needs to be action taken. There needs to be some kind of action to say that this will not happen again. It's it's one thing, the guy who called me fat on the internet, so what, right? I could delete the comment, never have any indication with him again. That's fine. The person who wrote the Yelp review, we needed to get that down because it's not good for young people to see female pastors called witches and being threatened to burn, right? Like that's not okay. And so it's not just let it go. It's just out there. No one's going to give it any credibility. That's not okay to leave for future generations to see that this is how we behave in the world. And so that needs to go away. That's going to lead
1: me into my next question, which is how much of this is coming from people who have a point of privilege? Tons. Because as a white woman, I have the ability to let things go Mm -hmm. in a way that somebody who have had years of oppression one way or another or physical abuse may not and possibly should not. Right. And understanding that right now, as we're saying this, as we're recording. We're the worst people to have this discussion when it comes to this.
0: (laughs) Totally. So we'll own that. And there's also in the news right now a very public situation with forgiveness being, you know, what a beautiful moment of forgiveness. And I will say for the gentleman, may it have been a beautiful moment of forgiveness, but the dangers of forgiveness without reconciliation and without true penitence in that same story, there is now another young man who is dead.
1: You're going to have to give a little context. So
0: this is specifically in reference to the court case of the officer who was off duty who walked into her neighbor's house and mistook it for her own and a white officer shot and killed a black man in his home eating ice cream. Yep. And his brother at the sentencing hearing hugged and forgave her. And I pray that that was a true forgiveness for him and that he had the time and what he needed to be able to offer that for his spiritual well-being. My concern with that being so publicized and being so quickly shared through Christian communities is that it is one of those pieces where, oh, look, he could forgive this. Mm -hmm. We should be forgiving all these other little things that should be going on without reconciliation, without true penitence, without stepping forward and owning what had happened. And the fear and the concern in that is that now black gentleman the neighbor who served as a key witness in the trial has been murdered oh man and killed and it is not automatically linked that the forgiveness has to do with this right but what is linked is that this key witness is now dead and it's not okay and forgiving these kinds of mass racial disparities without true reconciliation It does not lead us. No,
1: it's not helpful. No,
0: it's not. It's not helpful to God's kingdom. So while individually, I deeply pray that that moment was important for the man's brother who died. And I deeply pray that forgiveness was helpful. I worry in our culture that uses forgiveness as a tool, that uses this kind of weaponizing of forgiveness
1: as a tool. Especially between the races. Between races
0: For victim blaming, for victim shaming, right? Like,
1: it's really hard
0: to use this in a way that does not become problematic. It's one of the most powerful things we have in our faith. So, of course, it can be the most dangerous when
1: used poorly. Sure. And we're going to try to link some articles so you have a broader context of the story that we're talking about. Yeah. So hopefully you can inform your own opinion.
0: Yeah. And so come to the page centralportland.org, click on the link to the Church Basement podcast page, and that's where we'll have the links there. Whenever we begin to talk about forgiveness or letting things go, it gets muddy really quickly because of situations like this. Yep. And it's very easy for us to talk about, well, you shouldn't be angry at someone for accidentally spilling their coffee on you. And eventually when it becomes someone has thrown scalding coffee on you. You can have been so systemically and systematically told to forgive coffee being thrown on you or dumped on you by accident that you forgive someone who's thrown it on you on purpose and harmed you. And when we don't hold one another accountable to causing harm to each other, we all suffer for it. Absolutely. And so that's the challenge in these kinds of questions. There's a lot to wrestle with, and it's not an easy answer. So when it comes back around to the dinner table with your teenager. hmm and they're talking about how so-and-so said this thing that I'm really upset about, and I don't like it, trying to find out where and what's underneath it, right, so that they can be discerning, so they can learn how to set boundaries, so they can choose their too much postage stamp of who gets to say things to them and who doesn't get to say things to them, and not teaching them to dismiss small hurts so that they recognize the big hurts, and they don't dismiss the big hurts as well, right? It's all part and parcel of learning how to be a human and learning how to have responsibilities with these kinds of things. It's not easy work.
1: Oh no, it's very very hard. It's super hard
0: and we're all going to bugger it up and keep practicing.
1: Okay, that's going to lead me into my last question. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything you're still holding on to that you think maybe you should let go? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, good, because so do I. (laughs) Yep.
0: And that's why I go to therapy on a weekly basis.
1: Oh, man. It's like, that's why we still try <laughs> Yeah. And still work on yeah. everything.
0: Absolutely. And it's hard. It's super hard. And I'm not going to cheapen forgiveness by shortcutting my way to it. Because I believe so strongly that it is one of the most powerful things that Jesus teaches us how to do. It's my roller derby numbers, 70 yeah. times 7. I think it is critical and crucial and I will not cheapen it by offering it without genuinely feeling it in my soul. And that means I have a lot of work to do to mourn the things that those things broke, to find value in the lessons that I learned, to mourn the harm done to other people that I love. All of that work I have to do before I can genuinely in my heart say, I forgive you and I'm going to let this go. That takes years. Yep. At least in the situations that I am still holding on to.
1: I do not think you're unique in that. Yeah. Well, thank you, pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about letting things go. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic.
0: As do I. And thank you all for listening in on the conversation. If you have thoughts, suggestions, ideas, things to call us out on or call us in on, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org or find us on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.